0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott, and today you are going to hear me on the J Vision podcast. We spoke about influencer marketing, what it is, what it isn't, who can make good use of it, things to look out for, and how you can use it for your brand. I hope you enjoy. Hi,
1: welcome to my channel. My name is Jennifer Purple. I am the founder and CEO of J Vision Advertising. Today, I bring a new episode of my video series, Influencers' Lives Behind the Scenes. My new guest is a CEO and founder. He's an SVP in marketing and sales, an expert in the subject. Today, he's going to tell us his story and all his strategy using social media to become a successful entrepreneur. Do you want to get to know him? His name is Scott DeClary. So welcome, Scott. Tell us more about yourself.
0: So, well, first of all, thank you for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Um, so my name's uh, Scott D. Clary. Um, so I am a longtime sales and marketing executive. Um, over my career, I started off in sales as an individual contributor, um, then moved into uh, sales leadership roles. Um In those sales leadership roles, I usually just took on the marketing component as well for those organizations. Um, I went into consulting for a little bit, doing sales and marketing consulting for early stage startups. Um, Worked with a startup incubator similar to Y Combinator, but the Canadian version. So uh, at the Creative Destruction Labs at U of T. Um, And then I went back to working for somebody, which is where I'm at now. So right now, um, my nine to five, so my official job is uh, SVP sales and marketing for Excitum. Excitum is a software development company, a SaaS company for broadcast software. Um, They are a smaller OEM for a larger company called Grass Valley. So if you look on my LinkedIn, you'll see Grass Valley as well. So what we do is we basically build software products for Grass Valley's customers, Grass Valley is in the broadcast space, but they deal with a lot of hardware. So we're very specialized. Think about us as uh, think of us like a, a startup within, like almost like a, a lab within a large organization. So um, my day to day responsibilities uh, include um, hiring and training and onboarding sales reps supporting uh, Grass Valley has roughly a hundred sales reps supporting them on demos for the software products that we sell and that we build um, building out sales strategies marketing strategies um, very much like a, like I said it's a small group of developers in a large organization so I wear many hats in terms of my day-to-day but really focused on driving revenue through sales and marketing for the software products um, I do other stuff of course that's probably how you found me so Um, I host a podcast as well. So I post a podcast called the success story podcast. Um, That's just unpacking uh, incredible stories of successful individuals sort of documenting their highs and lows, their wins and losses. Uh, What I equate it to is Tim Ferriss, but more of a business focus. That's kind of what I try and do on the podcast. Um, I also run a newsletter ROI Overload, which is a newsletter that goes out to roughly 30,000 people that's focused on sales and marketing tactics and strategies. Um, And then, you know, on top of all that, uh, it sort of fits in line with this show and probably what we're going to talk about. It's just me building my brand, me building my persona, me speaking about the things that I love to do. Um, A lot of the stuff and a lot of the, I guess, the the social profile that I built for myself is around sales, marketing startup, you know, growth, business growth. Um, and I've done that uh, prim- like primarily on LinkedIn, but then I've expanded. So I, I have the same type of content that goes out on Twitter, um, on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel as well that has a lot of similar type content. Um, Facebook as well, but not many people here probably are using Facebook as much as some of the other platforms, um, but it's still going out there. And uh, the total audience, since it's an influencer show, I'll, I'll plug numbers. Uh, roughly 250,000 followers in the business niche across all my social. Um, so that that was done purposefully, um, knowing that whatever happens in my career, wherever I go, I'll have an audience. I'll have a brand um, that I can use to do my own thing. That I can use to help another company sell another product. I can use it to sell the products that I'm you know building out right now. Um, so that's kind of. Uh, you know uh, my resume and what I, what I'm doing right now.
1: Perfect. No, that's amazing. And actually, because your niche is sales marketing, and I want to say even your personal branding as an entrepreneur, because I want to call you an entrepreneur, not just because I know that you're working for somebody else, but for me, you're an entrepreneur because you also help other brands, help other businesses to, you know, in the sales growth, and a lot of people can actually go and hire you. I'm <laughs> correct.
0: Yeah, they can. And I've definitely so I'm very entrepreneurial by nature. Like I like to build things. So the reason why I, I went from consulting back to working for a company was because of the type of setup that I'm in right now. So I'm building out a software company within a much larger company. So I do wear many hats, but I do enjoy ideating, creating strategy, creating creating something from the ground up and seeing. The direct, the direct result of my actions have an impact on the growth of that company. So for me, building out strategy is a lot of fun. You can build out strategy in a much larger organization, um, but sometimes there's things that you run into when you're working in large organizations. The amount of impact you can have quickly, you can't move as quick, you can't do things as quickly for most organizations. Um, it's a generalization, but for a lot of companies, if you really are entrepreneurial, if you want to put in 120% and see those results and be part of something that's literally growing as you work in a company and you're achieving, you know, hundreds of percent growth year over year over year, um, or even like month over month, uh, that's something that you can really do. And you can have a lot of impact at a smaller organization. And that's really why I chose to do my nine to five, like my job, what I'm doing right now. Um, And you're right. I, I, I am very entrepreneurial by, by nature. So like I do build my own newsletter. I do run a podcast. I was doing consulting before. So it's something that I just enjoy. I like building things.
1: Perfect. And actually that got me to my next question because you mentioned all the social media platforms that you're using. But I want to ask you first, how long have you been using social media as your part of your strategy for growth?
0: I company? would say, yeah, I'd say about two and a half years now. So I only truly under not understood. I only truly um implemented social as a strategy for growth later on in the game. I was like most people that used it for personal. I I had personal, of course, personal Instagram, personal Twitter, personal Facebook. For you know, about four years ago, I actually stopped using most of them and I didn't really see the point because it felt like a waste of time. But then I see how great business influencers. So you look at business influencers that do it right on each platform. So Gary Vaynerchuk kind of does it well on many platforms, but he has a whole team. You look at, for example, other people like, um, uh, the Chris doe is a business influencer on Instagram. He does other stuff, but he's really strong on Instagram. Uh, Matthew Kobach, who is another, um, he's a, he's a VP of, marketing or director of marketing for fast, but he's really strong on Twitter. So I see how all these, not the Gary V's, but the smaller, say call them micro influencers. They're still very successful individuals, but micro influencers are using these social platforms to build out a brand to build out a community. And then they're leveraging that for either the company that they work for, or they're leveraging it for potentially consulting gigs. uh, They want to start their own business, whatever it may be, they have this They have this community. They have this incredible organic reach that they can achieve on social because they've spent the time. And sort of after studying these people, I realized that your brand is something that you can take with you forever. It's with you in perpetuity. So if you spend the effort, if you put in the reps, if you take the time, if you learn the platforms, learn what content works, and you just start doing, then in two, three, four, five years from now, you're going to have an asset that is equivalent To thousands and thousands of dollars in ad spend that you would have to invest to get the same amount of reach that you can now have access to just because you've taken the time to build out a profile and a community around who you are what you do what you love and basically what you do and and and, uh and you know every single day so that's that's why i did it that's why i started to do it and that's why i'm still doing it i think
1: even myself like you said I was using social media the wrong way and maybe not the wrong way but just the way that it was presented right that it's just a social media and then you share information just with family and friends but once you get to to use the social media the right way with the right strategy like you were saying to make it grow for your own good and to have like a business with it is the best way to do it and you 100%. You, me, you mentioned something in there. I'm sorry, but you mentioned something in there about no. the strategy. So, I want you to give me a little bit of how what kind of a strategy you were using for social media that you noticed it worked for you and mm-hmm. that you saw a significant, you know, significant growth on your platforms.
0: Sure. So, I would break the strategy into two parts. I would say that first part of your strategy has to be How you create the content. So, the actual process or the tools or the technology that you have. And the second part of the strategy would be what you create. So, the how and the what. Okay. And that's very important because you can be creating tons of content that isn't resonating with anybody, or you can be creating this awesome fire piece of content, this incredible tweet that goes viral once in your lifetime and then you get distracted, you, you get, you know, you can't think of new ideas, whatever it may be. So you have to have both and you have to have process and systems that allow you to create content at scale repeatedly, and then also source ideas for your content and create content that resonates with the audience on that target platform. So let's first talk about, um, the process. So the process is not, uh, a confusing process. It's actually quite simple um there's been many people that have spoken about this process again I'll, I'll reference gary v again or gary Vaynerchuk because it's his it's technically his content creation process but there's many people that speak about it in many different ways so an easy content creation process that you can use to repeatedly create the content across all your social platforms is as follows you take one long form piece of content so it can be a podcast like this so now you have from this podcast you'll have a youtube video and you'll have another podcast that you can actually post an audio podcast. You could in theory, take this and you could transcribe it. You could turn it into a blog about whatever we chat about. Right. And then from that, now you have three, you have three pieces of content. So you have a blog, podcast, YouTube, you take that video content from the YouTube. You can now break it down into five minute clips, 10 minute clips that can go across LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and even YouTube. If you want to have some, you know, different podcast clips on your YouTube. Um, then you can take those five to 10 minute clips and you can break them down into 30 second sound bites. So, 30 second sound bites can go across shorts, uh, TikTok, Reels, YouTube shorts, Snapchat, um, whatever it's called. I can't remember the new Snapchat thing. Um, and now you have these 30 second sound bites. Then you can also take those 30 second sound bites, assuming they're good quotes, they're really good quotes. You've now chosen them and you can use those as little tweets. So, now you have this content strategy where you have one long form piece of content that's been broken down into, in theory, like well, 50 to 100 different pieces of content across all your different social platforms. Um, another thing you could do, and I don't—I forgot about this, you could even uh, take, if you turn this into a blog post, say we're chatting about certain topics, take the uh, responses that I give you or even the, the, the topics that you bring up and you can go on Quora, which is another great place to drive traffic. And you can be responding to questions on Quora with some of the responses that I'm giving you um, right now in this podcast because now you'll have insight into certain questions trending questions on core that's going to drive more traffic so it's just about it's just about creating a, a system that will allow you to easily create content at scale and it has to be repeatable so you always want to have this type of system now if you look at all of my content is this all I do no it's not all I do because I still enjoy creating other types of content but I'm saying let's 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 not let's not, immediately go to where I'm at now, because we're assuming that if somebody is just starting today, they have to get used to just creating, just posting that one piece per day, per week, whatever. So we're not going to go to where I'm at now, because again, this is like two and a half years later, right? Where I'm comfortable posting, comfortable creating, and I like doing this and it's fun for me. Right now, we're just trying to get you started. So this, this process that I just outlined is a great way to just get started. And have content across all your social because what you don't want to have to do is you don't want to have to think of a tweet a youtube video a blog post and think about all these things in silos because it can be very tiring and it's if you're not yeah seriously you, yeah you will go crazy and you have to understand that somebody like i i have a couple like like virtual assistants that work for me i sometimes i hire designers if i need to like i have some resources that i have pulled in because this is important to me Somebody, when you look at, for example, again, Gary Vaynerchuk's social media, he has teams of people creating this. So the process that I've outlined is a process that one person could do themselves, in all seriousness.
1: And I think I did saw um, a couple of videos from you on TikTok talking about this system, which actually caught me (laughs) even more. It it is, yes. I think I did a duet as well with one of them because it was amazing the way that you kind of broke it down and right now the way that you're doing it because a lot of people, who whoever's going to see this video, they're going to be so thankful to you just because you just broke it down so easily and they probably already had all the resources and a lot of materials Mm -hmm. that they didn't even know what to do with it.
0: A hundred percent. Most people. Well, I appreciate that. You're very kind. Thank you. Um, Like I said, it's not... It's not my original thought, but it's been repeated by multiple people. And sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's processes and systems in place that work. So don't try and do something that's more convoluted, more confusing. Like you can, you can experiment with new things, but to start, just keep it simple. Right. And any, any person, I would argue that any person or any business that is trying to market successfully in 2021, they should run some sort of podcast that's speaking to speaking to stakeholders, decision makers that could be their target customer, asking them questions that their target customers would be asking and using that to position themselves as a thought leader in their industry. So you if you if you're saying I don't have these interviews recorded yet, I don't have this long form video. I would say if you want to be successful, if you want to differentiate yourself in 2021, you should be doing this. And if you don't feel like interviewing people, you maybe you're a little bit shy, you're not you're not comfortable interviewing, then, then just talk in front of a camera, just yourself and create like a 30 minute discussion. Or it could be, it could be for example, you going through the top questions. I always use Quora because it's a great resource for questions that are trending in your industry. So you go to Quora, you look up the top questions that are relevant to your industry and you're the expert in your industry. You're just answering those questions and that's your content. You could answer four or five questions. That's 30 minutes of content. And that's so, so relevant for people that could be buying from you, your target customers. So that, I don't know how long these podcasts are. I apologize, but I I just took a long time to explain to you a process. I'm going to go real quick on the other. Okay. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, So there's a second part to it. You have to know what type of content to create, right? You have your process now and you have to know what type of content. So I'll tell you what I do. Um, if I'm looking for the type of content that works for a specific platform, because I want to see what everybody on that platform likes to, you know, engage with comment with and share. I just look for the people that are doing it the best on that platform and I'm formatting my content the way they're putting out content. So, like I said, I have people on each platform, most, most platforms that I look to for examples of content. I mentioned one before, the Chris Doe at the Chris Doe on Instagram. He is B two B content. He's the most successful I've ever seen at somebody doing B two B content on Instagram that isn't, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk with you know a huge team and a whole bunch of resources. Um, on Twitter, I look at uh, what's his ha- I'll, I know his name, but I don't know his handle um, at M Co. Yeah, at M Kobach or at Matthew Matthew Kobach. He is he's one of the most successful individuals at building a community on Twitter. So I look to him for B2B, the the way he communicates, the type of posts he puts out, the way he structures his posts, the way he formats his posts on Twitter. I look to him as an authority and I try and create content that resembles his content because I know that he's already figured out what works. I would not go to the Chris Doe for Twitter content. I wouldn't go to... At uh, at M Kobach for Instagram content. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the people that are leading in each particular on each particular social platform, and then that's who I'm using as a guide. That's who I'm learning from. Um, and then I would say, uh, you know, for so you, I'm trying to think who who else would be a really good one on LinkedIn. Um, yes, I, I've built a pretty good following on LinkedIn, but I would say the people that I've learned from on LinkedIn. Um, uh, Dave uh, Gerhardt, he's uh, VP marketing at Drift, if I'm not mistaken. And he creates great content on LinkedIn and everything on LinkedIn is of course, or most of it is business to business, but he creates really good content on LinkedIn. He knows how to target. He knows how to build an audience. And a lot of the stuff that I've learned myself, I've learned from him or another individual on LinkedIn who's very good at B2B content. Uh, is Justin Welsh? He's another. Uh, he used to be a VP Sales, and now he's um, he's a consultant. But those are all names. If you go research them on their platform, on the platform where they excel, you will learn from them, and that's who you should emulate in your own content creation. And that's honestly how I've been successful across different platforms. It's just learning people that kill it on that platform. It's it's not hard stuff. It's just it's it's just doing the research and and again, it's more, you know, I, when I speak about mentors and mentors are kind of, it's kind of a buzzword or a a word that's overused, but I do believe that if you want to uh, excel or succeed in life or anything, you have to have multiple mentors. Now, I don't know, Justin, personally, I don't know, Chris, personally, you know, I've engaged with their stuff on social, but I wouldn't call them a mentor, but it's the same concept. You have multiple people that you're learning from who are just doing the best in their particular area you wouldn't go to somebody for your relationship advice you wouldn't go to that person to lose weight you wouldn't go to somebody uh if you're trying to raise money for a startup you wouldn't go to that person if you had relationship problems you have these mentors that could be your friends family peers coworkers in various aspects of your life so replicate that in in what you're trying to do so if you see a company that's doing something well if you see a person that's trying to do something well just learn from them it's it's easier than ever to have access to the best in the world at what they're doing so use that as as your as your guide as your as you know as your social media mba you know whatever it is um that's my best advice
1: no and it it is the best because it's true what you said you it's just like going back to the influencer um topic right so these are mm-hmm. the different type of influencers that you can follow and you're learning from because you want to follow them, but not just because who they are. You want to follow them because you're learning from them, that they yeah. are actually adding some type of value in the content that you want to become like them and not by copying or anything like that. It's just that they provide you with ideas for you to actually yeah. be successful in what you're trying to do.
0: hundred percent. All the guidelines, all the, all the playbooks are already out there. It's, it's, if I can frame it for somebody who is a business to business leader, like a director of sales of marketing, or, uh, you know, when you create a new strategy for your business, you're looking at case studies. You're looking at examples of companies that have done this before. You're looking at how a certain company has, uh, for example, um, retained their reps or reduced churn on their customers or increase their inbound leads or increase their conversion. You look out into the world for examples and you find the best examples and you try and include those examples in your own business strategy. That's how you do it. There is no difference when you're trying to build a successful audience on social media.
1: Exactly. Not completely agree. And actually because you mentioned so many social medias and different strategies that work on each. I want to ask you which one was the first social media that you think grew first, and that you liked the most.
0: So the first social media that grew first for me was LinkedIn because my content, what I do every single day, is great content for LinkedIn. Okay. What I do like what I, what I do every single day is not easy to translate into Instagram, for example, right? Sales and marketing content, yeah, you can put it on YouTube, but I can tell you right now, like if I was to go on YouTube, a kid playing with a toy or somebody playing a video game is going to get a, like a hell of a lot more views than me talking about an outbound sales strategy. So, if you know what I mean, like, so LinkedIn just works. It works with what I know, and if I, you know, that's that's where my audience is, right? And that's actually, to be quite honest. Um, as LinkedIn was growing quicker than any other social platform, that's what I used to launch my podcast. That's what I used to launch my newsletter because the audience was all aligned. So again, you, you, you speak about why, why should people care about micro influencers or why should people even build a brand? Well, it's because now I can launch things quickly. I don't need to, again, pay a lot of money to advertise. I can launch for free and get something to a, a, you know, a decent level of, of viewership a decent audience a decent amount of traffic on a new thing i choose to launch if it works with that audience whenever i want so
1: no and the reason why i'm asking you this is because i ask every single influencer that i bring to my um to this channel that one of my theories as uh, because i've been in marketing and advertising like for 10 years maybe more but one of my theories when it comes to social media is that you should pick one platform, that is the one that is going to be help you the most, right? That one that you <clears throat> need to master first. So once you master that one, we can move on to the next ones. What do you think about that theory?
0: I think that's smart. I think that um so I have I have conflicting opinions about that, only because if So yeah, to answer your question specifically I do believe you have to master one first, but I don't believe you should ignore the rest. I think mastering one is fine because I think that you will find the best, the best ROI of time invested on a particular platform because that's where your target audience is, is hanging out, right? That's where you want to connect with the people that are buying your services, your products, whatever it may be. They're all there. So it makes a lot of sense to spend a little bit more time there. But that being said, you will find other people in the other platforms and you will find that being really strong on one platform can eventually bleed over into other platforms and vice versa. So I do believe that, yes, you're correct. So I went really heavy on LinkedIn. That's where I, and it's funny because it's actually probably to the general general public is probably the least popular social media platform but it's it's it was the best suited for what i do so you know it's it's a it's it's tough right like would i have loved to be wildly successful on youtube of course i would love that ad revenue like i would love that all day but the thing is sometimes it's harder to grow on these platforms so keep doing it and start but definitely double down on on what's working
1: no that's the reason why I'm telling you this is because I relate like a hundred percent with you when it comes to LinkedIn. LinkedIn was the only platform of my choice because I'm in sales too. Uh, I started doing well I was you know I was first in one side of marketing and advertising as a buyer and then I just literally said no I want to learn how to sell you know my services as well. I want to do it because I knew that down the road it was going to help me to be in both sides because I knew that I wanted to open a business. Maybe I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do back then. But after all the years in sales and implementing different, you know, strategies, LinkedIn was my choice. My first platform, like the only platform that I was using, to be honest with you, to connect with other people and to network and to find my leads, the people that I was going to be cold calling, the people that I was going to be meeting and who are my clients nowadays, because I think it's a great strong platform not just to share content the way that you do it, but also to connect. And especially when it comes to professional people, it's not like an Instagram people follow yeah. you, but you don't know who they are. You don't know if like they are, are actually having a business or they actually want to hire you or they just want to follow you because they like you or something like that. You know what I mean?
0: But- yeah. It's a different audience and you're, uh, you nailed it. Like you're, you're hundred percent right. Like when, I, I think that LinkedIn, in terms of selling something, in terms of B2B, is the most powerful platform and probably the, the most underutilized platform. It's something that I think that if you're selling a service and it's not a consumer product, if, like, it's, you're not going to do well, in my opinion, at least, selling t-shirts on LinkedIn versus if you were advertising on Pinterest or Snapchat or whatever. But if you're selling a business product, yes, you got to be on LinkedIn You got to be running. You got to be creating a brand on LinkedIn. You got to be running outbound on LinkedIn. Every sales team I've ever I've ever worked with, uh, if you're doing an outbound campaign, you're hitting people on phone, on email, and on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably one of the most important tools you can use because not only is that's where all your buyers are, that's what like all your decision makers are there, but also even like the targeting. Like you cannot target uh you know vp marketing in this industry in this location of this company size you cannot hyper target on any other social platform so if you're not using it then you're wasting your time energy effort money you name it but like you need to be on linkedin no
1: definitely i think that's why yeah. i was so successful back in my days of selling because a lot of people were asking me like how how can you meet with these ceos cmos and executives yeah. and high level I'm like Send
0: them a message on LinkedIn and they That's it. all it is. Exactly. It's very very useful. Yeah. Just
1: the same techniques that I use to find the you know influencers. Like in your case, we kind of follow each other on on Twitter. And to be honest with you, I'm never on Twitter. But somehow something you were like tweeting in there that caught my attention. I was like, huh, let me just do my research and do my homework. And then I found you and I kind of replied a couple of your tweets. You were liking that you follow me back. And I was like, you see, that's how you make a connection. And I wasn't even looking to look for you. I didn't even know who you were until that tweet appeared on my, on my screen. I was like, this is amazing because I'm actually looking for different ones, but not you specifically.
0: And yeah yeah no i know i'm not famous enough yet I'm not I'm no that. oh my god don't uh i'm not even don't say that that's ridiculous yeah, i'm i did my homework i did my homework i was like okay, like, let me see all his social media i wanted to see which one is the biggest you're very kind <laughs> no and i love it i love the content that you create the way that
1: you present it and even on those tiktoks like It might not be the platform that you were using at the beginning, but you kind of nailed it. -hmm. Like, okay, let me just give them tips and advices. And it's amazing the way that you're doing it. And it's amazing to have you here and that all the people that are going to be looking at this video, they're going to be like, yes, this is what I need to hear. This is what I want to know. Because you're telling what it is. And either you do it and it's going to work or you just sit down and just don't do it,
0: right? (laughs) Exactly. And, like, what's what's the worst that can happen if you... And you have to also be... No, like, if you're starting fresh like whatever platform you choose or if you choose all the platforms you will be putting out a lot of content and nobody will look at it for a very long period of time and be be okay with that don't don't care about that just focus on getting your process down getting your getting your content process getting your thought process on what you want to chat about where you want to you know find inspiration for your content focus on getting that all down because i would say that on any platform if you don't give it minimum a year, you're not going to get anywhere. I would say minimum, minimum one year of just putting out content into this void. And it seems like nothing's there. Maybe six months, depending on how good your content is. But in all seriousness, but, but then you see, this in, you see this with businesses. You see this with any, any project you take on. It will be flatlining. And then all of a sudden, you will see massive exponential growth. And that's when it can impact your business. That's when, for example, I'm getting, you know, podcast invites. I'm getting speaking engagements. I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at right now, but I get job opportunities I get recruiters reaching out. I can find, even I can find better, incredible talent, not to say like, I couldn't find talent otherwise, but I have incredible people that want to work with me. Like it's a blessing when you put yourself out there, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Like there's, there's tough things that come with this that include like just the the commitment the perseverance and the content creation and whatnot um so it's more just a matter of setting it into your schedule and your routine but then again like putting yourself out there is nerve-wracking it's like you don't there's a lot of negativity so you definitely have to acclimate to that and and be okay with that but once you get through the negativity and it just becomes part of your routine you do realize that there's incredible benefits to being you know don't love the term but it's thought leader in your space, right? Like there is a lot of benefit. Anyways, I was going to ask you, do you consider yourself an influencer? No, I I I I feel I think that it's naive to call myself that only because um it would it would assume that there is a threshold that you have to be at before you can call yourself an influencer. I know people that are have much smaller social followings than me that can command uh, an incredible respect. They can launch products. They can, they can do whatever they need to do because they're hyper-targeted to a certain audience. I think that I, I have a social following, but to be an influencer, I don't think there is... I think everybody can be an influencer in the right arena. I think that even in... I know incredible people that have no social media network that can pick up a phone and can close a deal, can find an investment, no problem because the social capital that they've built over their career. So influencer seems to be, um, it seems to be a, a, you know, a label that's been, that's been associated with people that have massive social audiences, but I don't have a massive social audience. I'm not Kim Kardashian, right? I don't have, you know, millions of people following me? Can I influence a certain set of people that like my content to look at a certain product or, you know, try a certain thing? Probably, but so can somebody who just has incredible social capital. So I think that the goal should not be to become an influencer, but it should be to achieve whatever goal or purpose building a social audience allows you to achieve. If it's starting your own business, if it's Getting a speaking engagement, putting yourself out there into the world, if it's closing more deals for your business, that's the only end result you should ever worry about. So uh, I think that influencer is a, a silly word. To be, on- to be 100% honest, it doesn't really make any sense to me. but You're not yeah. the only one that actually disagrees with the word influencer because it's kind of misleading the way it is, the term is used. And- it has a negative connotation to it. Yes, it does. But to be honest with you, whoever's going to see you're following, whatever you
1: are, they're yeah. going to be oh, he's an influencer. And to me, you are an influencer. And not to tell yeah. you that you are an influencer in a bad way. It's just because this is who you are. This is the title that I will give you besides being an entrepreneur, like, like I was telling you before. Yeah. You are an influencer because somehow you are influencing those people that are following you because they're following yeah. you for a reason. They're not true. following you because it's just you. They're following you for the content that you share, all the advices, all your skills and knowledge that you are sharing with them, you know, via your content.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. So whatever, call call me an influencer if, if you want. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, I think that building building a personal brand is is. Is the is what I am focused on, and if you're gonna ask me, like, what am I focused on? I'm not focused on becoming an influencer, I am extremely focused on building a personal brand, and I totally agree with you because recently, now that you're talking about
1: um personal branding, like I said, I have been if you, want, if you want to call it like an influencer in sales, yes, I mean <laughs> that out, out of social media because I wasn't using social media, I was doing I was using LinkedIn as to, you know to drive in my connections and to get my meetings and you know to get to know my clients but um i wasn't like a influencer in the type that i've been present or have like a personal brand until after you know the pandemic that's when i realized like let me bring it all in because i'm trying to become an entrepreneur well i am an entrepreneur i have my own business so now my business needs a face right so that's when i decided i need to have my presence online and recently, I just launched my personal brand. Like I created a whole launching, you know, s- structure and a strategy just so people can actually see, oh, she is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She has, you know, like a business and she wants people to know who is behind those ideas. So mm-hmm. now from your experience for, from personal branding, what would you say it, it is the most important factor to have a personal brand recognized on social media?
0: Um, no. So the most important factor would be the same factor that you should take into consideration if you're trying to sell the product or service. So know who your customer is, know who your ideal customer profile is, know who your target customer profile is, know who your buyer persona is. These are all technical sales terms in a B2B environment. But to just summarize, if you're not aware of these terms, you're identifying what type of person would be purchasing your product or service and what pain points, what problems do they have? That's the most important because once you once you've hyper-targeted who should be consuming your content, which in theory should be somebody who's buying your product or service, then you know what content to continuously create. And if you if you don't have that, if you don't have that persona nailed down, you're not going to know what content to create. So I, I would say that's the most important. I think that the most, I think you just have to be like, it sounds cliche, but you have to be yourself because Mm -hmm. there's no way you could ever maintain a fake personality for any period of time. You're going to, you're like, it's going to be, you're going to get depressed. Like you're literally going to get depressed. Um, So just be yourself and whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. And that's literally it. That's, that's just it. You know, anyways. Yeah, no, I was, say, I was going to say, don't go into this speaking about stuff you don't know about. Don't go into this acting in a way that you aren't. Um, it's going to get incredibly tiring and you will burn out. No, I, I agree with you. And I think it kind of relates in the same theory when you
1: are a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you notice that back, back in the days, the sales people. they just have different strategies that kind of annoying because who wants to stay yeah. a salesperson? the minute that you they know that you do sales they look at you differently and still until today a lot of people are afraid of sales but just yeah. like every single platform of social media be like marketing maybe um, any industry has evolved sales has evolved as well and i think of sales like human sales to human you are offering a service but in a different way you're not offering a service by selling your products or services, you are offering solutions to other people's problems and that's why they look mm-hmm.
0: at you and that's why they want to buy from you. 100%. Yeah. And if you think, like I, I've sold for a lot of my career as well, like, I've, like I mentioned, that's how I started my career and I still now jump on demo calls. Um, I still sell direct to customers. If nobody else can take a call and the customer comes in, I'm jumping on a call. Um, if you think that you're going to sell by acting or presenting the product or yourself in a way that isn't authentic. You're kidding yourself. Buyers are smart. Buyers, like, y- you just won't get far. And the negative connotation or perception of salespeople has been propagated by people who act a certain way to get a desired result. That is, like you mentioned, you're 100% right on. That is no longer sales. Sales is Sales is you working with the client. You're collaborating. You are coming to a conclusion that's helping the client. And you're offering something the client needs to solve a problem. And you're getting to that end point that you're getting to that sale that, you know, signed contract, you're getting to that end point with the customer, you're working together to get to that end. If you think sales is anything else, you'll never be successful in sales. Right now, you look at the stats, um, 70 to 80% of the research done on a product is done before somebody even connects with the company, speaks to a sales rep. People are incredibly smart and access to information is easier than ever. So if you think you're going to trick your way into a sale in any environment, not just the B2B, like a B2C, like you're selling to consumer, people can do research, people can expose you, people can, and people will understand all of these things. And the second you're saying something on a call or you're saying something on a Zoom meeting or whatever that doesn't align with what your product says it does or your company's social media or your company's website they're going to call you on that or perhaps they won't call you on that and they'll just go to another vendor or another company to buy from so you just have to know you have to know your stuff but you have to just like it, again I hate that these words become cliché but they're so true if you're not authentic if you don't if you don't work with the customer and you think that you're trying to impose something or sell something onto a customer in like a high pressure type shady car salesman Type scenario that unfortunately was like the the old school, I guess, perception of sales. Yes. You won't be successful, and customers have more options than ever, and they'll just go somewhere else. So, oh,
1: you know, how long will you say that you spend on each social media platform
0: with engagement um, strategy? I would say? So, not posting, but engaging with other people's content. Yeah. Um, I would say I try and spend about not every social media platform um i would say like i would say across all the social media platforms i probably spend about 30 minutes a day trying to comment and engage with people that are in my industry um because that's probably actually something that i have to do a better job of because that's i always i always you know i always create the content i always post the content But sometimes the last thing that I don't do is engage or comment or share or interact with other people like that. That's actually something that is incredibly important. I would say that you do have to time block for it because that can seem like a secondary metric or a less important component of social media, but it really isn't if you if you engage it's incredibly important but i try and do about a half an hour and i'd say i'd focus on instagram i focus on twitter i focus on linkedin i don't i'm not really commenting on youtube videos i'm not uh, commenting on snapchat or tiktok i'm mostly actually i don't even comment on snapchat but i'm not commenting on tiktok really i'm mostly on the platforms that are are getting the most traffic or what that i'm most focused on okay, uh, before i forget one question i didn't ask you yeah
1: go for uh, it so, okay, so what advice can you give the audience that is looking at this, the, well, that is looking at this interview for if they want to become an entrepreneur or, or, or have their personal brand on social media?
0: Yeah, um, I would just say start, just start. That's the biggest issue people have. Uh, you don't have to commit your entire life to it. You don't have to look at what other people who have been doing it for two, three, five, ten 10 years Are doing and hope to achieve that in week one you don't have to quit your job you can start a side hustle you can start posting you can start if you want to be an entrepreneur you can start um finding your first few customers you can start freelancing if you want to build an agency you don't have to be so all in it's the concept of going too much all in right away this hustle culture it's it's toxic it's negative and it's not necessary Your job, like most people's jobs will take on average, maybe eight hours a day, maybe nine hours a day, maybe even 10 hours. If there's traffic when you're driving to and from your office, if you're in an office or most of us aren't, but if you're in an office, like it's a, maybe a 10 hour day. Okay. It's a long day. but Yeah, yeah, exactly. So most of it, but before COVID, everybody was in offices. I miss the commute sometimes, but still, and no, I'm kidding. I'm in Toronto. I don't miss the commute at all. It's worse than Manhattan traffic. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, But um, anyway, so you can, you can do this, do this after supper, after dinner, do this from like, you know, six to nine, seven to nine, do this on Sunday. I time block two hours, three hours on Sunday night to create my content for the week. I'll have a laptop writing a blog while I'm watching TV at night, like do something that takes advantage of your of your downtime and turns it into something that will build something that you can use in the future. It could be a business. It could be your own personal brand. But the point is, just get started. There's quite literally no excuse. As long as you have any time to yourself where you're not working or taking care of your family, that's time when you could invest in, in yourself to make your life hopefully a little bit easier in the future. So don't feel like you have to go all in day one. <laughs> Perfect. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. No, my pleasure. Thank you, Scott, so much for being in this interview. Guys, if you want to learn more about our services or would like to schedule a consultation with me, please leave me a comment or give us a call and I will make sure to answer all of your questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and turn on the notifications for more videos every week. Also, press the like button if you like this video and share with all your contacts. Thanks for watching. See you soon.
0: Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching